thank you very much for the introduction and for the oh, wait and for the invitation to give this lecture in this um, in this seminar. And uh, when I prepared the talk, I, I uh, realized that it's possibly too much to talk about first line, second line, third line, and so on. So that I will focus on the management of newly diagnosed classical Hodgkin lymphoma. And uh, in the second part, I will um, touch treatment of nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma, which is in some ways uh, different from the, uh, the approaches used in classical Hodgkin lymphoma. Before I start with the treatment, I will give a few slides uh, about clinical characteristics, pathological characteristics, and the diagnostic workup in uh, Hodgkin lymphoma. And um, this is uh, the clinical and epidemiological characteristics. The incidence of Hodgkin lymphoma is about um, three to four per 100,000 per year. And uh, most of the cases, about 95% are patients with classical Hodgkin lymphoma. So that uh, nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma is a very rare disease with only with an incidence of only 0.1 to 0.2 per 100,000 per year. There are also some differences in patient characteristics between the two entities. Um, uh, nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma is associated with a uh, with a higher male to female ratio, and the median age is somewhat higher than in classical Hodgkin lymphoma. The distribution of the stages at initial diagnosis also differs between both entities. In uh, classical Hodgkin lymphoma, um, most patients are diagnosed with intermediate or advanced stages, whereas in, uh, in nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma, uh, most patients present with early stages at initial diagnosis, uh, displaying a rather indolent course of this disease. The um, two entities also differ in terms of uh, pathological uh, characteristics, and these are some differences in terms of immunophenotype. And the most striking difference is certainly the uh, CD uh, certainly the CD20 and CD30 status in nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma. The uh, malignancy defining cells, the LP cells, are consistently positive for CD20, but CD20 is only uh, expressed inconsistently on the Hodgkin and reed sternberg cells in classical Hodgkin lymphoma. In contrast, um, the uh, Hodgkin and reed sternberg cells in classical Hodgkin lymphoma consistently express CD30, which represents a hallmark of this disease, uh, whereas CD30 is always negative in nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma. And these two differences also have some clinical implications. So, um, uh, so that uh, the uh, anti-CD20 antibody uh, certainly has a rationale to be used in NLPHL, but rather not in classical Hodgkin lymphoma. But in classical Hodgkin lymphoma, brentuximab vidotin, which targets CD30, is frequently used but does not play a role in nodular lymphocyte-predominant Hodgkin lymphoma. Other um, markers that differ between the two entities are CD45, CD15, the B-cell receptor CD79A, and OC2. Um, within our group, there are some formalized staging procedures in patients with, uh, with Hodgkin lymphoma. First of all, as in every lymphoma, patients should undergo a biopsy and preferably a whole lymph node. And uh, once the um, histology is, uh, is clear and uh, Hodgkin lymphoma is diagnosed, 
The patients should undergo staging with a contrast-enhanced uh, computer tomography of neck, torx, and abdomen, and uh, if possible, a positron emission tomography. Laboratory diagnostics include chemistry, blood counts, and virology, including HIV and hepatitis and EBV, organ function tests, organ function tests uh, with ECG, echocardiography, lung function tests, uh, the TSH, and if the patients are younger, sexual hormones. And also, as we've seen on the first slide, the patients are, have a median age of 30 to 40 years, so that there is, uh, they are certainly, um, certainly a relevant part of these patients um, can still uh, have children, so that they should be asked for, uh, for an option of fertility protection with oocyte or spermatocyte cryoconservation. So now I'll start with the treatment of classical Hodgkin lymphoma. And the treatment of classical Hodgkin lymphoma um, is stage adapted. And this is the risk allocation system within the German Hodgkin study group. The patients are allocated to three risk groups, early stages, intermediate stages, and advanced stages. Early stages are the patients who present with stage one, a, uh, with stage one or two disease with no clinical risk factors. And these risk factors are the involvement of three or more lymph node areas, an elevated erythrocyte sedimentation rate, a large mediastinal mass of more than one third of the mediastinal uh, of the uh, thoracic width and uh, extranodal disease. And patients with stage one or stage 2A disease presenting with one or both of the risk factors, large mediastinal mask and extranodal disease are uh, included in the group of intermediate stages and patients with stage one and stage two disease with uh, the risk factors, um, um, uh, three or more lymph node areas involved or elevated ESR are also included in this group. Patients with advanced stages are defined as those with stage three and stage four disease and some patients with stage two B disease. I'll now come to the treatment of patients with early stage classical Hodgkin lymphoma. And this is the uh, GHS, uh, the HD7 study from our group, which has been conducted in the late 1990s. And uh, in 2017, the 15 year update of this study has been reported. And uh, this was the study that uh, introduced um, combined modality treatment in patients with early stage um, Hodgkin lymphoma, and which uh, has been so called so the end of uh, radiotherapy alone in these patients. Uh, this uh, study, within this study, the patients were randomized between extended field radiotherapy alone. Um, and a combined modality treatment consisting of two cycles of ABBD followed by extended field radiotherapy. And as you can see on the slides, the progression-free survival rates differ significantly with a difference of uh, 20% with a 15-year uh, event uh, progression-free survival rate of 52.2% uh, uh, for the patients who had radiation only versus 72.8% for the patients who received chemotherapy followed by consolidation radiotherapy. So that the conclusion was that uh, combined modality with two cycles of ABBD plus 30 gray extended feed radiotherapy is superior to a 30 gray 
uh, uh, 30 radiotherapy alone after 15 years. However, if the patients uh, had disease recurrence, they could be uh, salvaged successfully in most cases, so that even at 15 years, there was no overall survival difference between, two study, between the two study arms. The follow-up study was the HD10 study, which, um, which was a four, uh, which was a, was a study comparing four treatment arms. We, although we only see uh, slides from from uh, from two arms, um, patients either received two or four cycles of ABVD, followed by either uh, 20 gray or 30 gray consolidation radiotherapy. And these are the slides from the um, most intensive treatment arm consisting of four cycles of ABVD followed by 30 gray involved uh, uh, by uh, uh, 30 gray radiotherapy um, uh, compared to the treatment arm consisting of two cycles of ABVD followed by 20 gray involved radiotherapy and there were no difference between both uh, treatment arms so that the conclusion of this study was that um, two cycles of ABVD plus 20 gray involved radiotherapy um, are, su are sufficient treatment for patients with early stage classical Hodgkin lymphoma. And this has been the standard treatment for a long time and actually still is within our group, but there are certainly some open questions and uh, these uh, questions include the, uh, the long-term effects that are associated uh, with radiotherapy. And um, as you can see here, um, one of the late effects uh, are the second malignancies. And as an example, the, uh, the incidence of, uh, of a breast cancer among uh, female patients who um, had uh, treatment for Hodgkin lymphoma and the uh, standardized uh, incidence ratio is clearly above uh, the, uh, the expected incidence um, of patients who did not undergo uh, radiotherapy. And uh, so it would be desirable to omit radiotherapy if possible. And um, this was uh, the, to look whether it is possible to omit radiotherapy in, 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 in a group of patients with early stage uh, classic large lymphoma uh, was the aim of three randomized studies uh, that were uh, performed within the last 10 years. And the first study, which was also first published, was the rapid trial, which was uh, conducted in the United Kingdom. The patients uh, all received three cycles of ABVD chemotherapy and then underband positron emission tomography. And the patients who had a negative PET were randomized between uh, no further treatment, but only observation and um, consolidation radiotherapy with 30 gray um, in the involved field. Patients with a positive PET had uh, one additional cycle of ABVD and then had consolidation radiotherapy um, at 30 gray. And the primary endpoint was to look whether the patients who, had, who did not have additional treatment um, after a negative PET, three, uh, after three cycles of ABVD, um, 
had a similar outcome and the outcome was non-inferior to those who had consolidation radiotherapy. And the primary endpoint was not met. Uh, the patients with, uh, who, had, um, who did not have, uh, who did not have uh, radiotherapy had a, a worse uh, lymphoma control than those who had consolidation radiotherapy with a difference of, um, of close to 7%, still on a very high level, certainly, but um, the, uh, the omission of radiotherapy in patients with a, a negative uh, interim PET uh, does appear to result in, an, in a decreased lymphoma control. The second uh, trial was from the ERTC, which was a quite elegant trial, also including patients uh, with intermediate stages or early stage unfavorable um, classical Hodgkin lymphoma uh, in the uh, early favorable arm, the, uh, which is shown above. Uh, uh, this uh, part of the study included uh, 754 patients with early stage uh, Hodgkin lymphoma. Patients all received two cycles of ABVD and then underwent uh, interim positron emission tomography. Um, patients with a, uh, in the standard arm uh, received uh, one additional cycle of ABVD plus, um, in, uh, plus radiotherapy, irrespective of the PET result. And in the experimental, uh, experimental arm, patients with a negative PET um, had two cycles of uh, ABVD without uh, consolidation radiotherapy, and if the PET was positive, uh, treatment was even escalated to uh, two additional cycles of escalated BRCOP plus involved field radiotherapy at 30 gray. And very similar to the um, to the uh, UK rapid trial, the um, the uh, uh, the progression free survival in the uh, in the um, Early stage group, as you can see on the left, was uh, inferior if the patients um, did not receive uh, consolidation radiotherapy um, after a negative interim PET after two cycles of ABVD. The, the effect was not as clear in the patients with uh, early unfavorable stages shown on the right, but we're talking about the early stages. There's, there's certainly a very similar um, uh, result compared to the rapid trial with a hazard ratio of 15.8 for disease recurrence among the patients who did not undergo consolidation radiotherapy. And these are the PFS rates. They were 99% for the patients at five, at five years, were 99% for the patients who had, uh, who had consolidation radiotherapy versus 87.1% um, uh, for the patients who only had um, uh, chemotherapy. Here are the rates for the patients with the intermediate stages or early unfavorable stages. So slightly better for the patients who had, um, who had uh, uh, consolidation radiotherapy after, uh, after chemotherapy. And the third trial uh, addressing this issue came from our study group. It was the HD16 trial, which was published by Michael Fuchs uh, two years ago. Uh, it included, uh, also included patients with early stage Hodgkin lymphoma. The patients all received uh, two cycles of ABVD. And um, in the standard arm shown on the left, 
the patients um, received consultation radiotherapy at 20 gray, irrespective of the interim PET result after two cycles of ABVD. And in the experimental arm, the patients who had a negative PET after two cycles of ABVD uh, were only uh, observed. Um, and the patients with a positive PET had uh, consultation radiotherapy at 20 gray. And these are the, the, actually the same curves for the third time. Um, again, the, um, the uh, tumor control was impaired for the patients who had chemotherapy only within five-year PFS estimate of 86.1% versus 93.4% for the patients with a negative PET who had uh, consolidation radiotherapy. So that, um, but in all these studies, um, it has to be, it could only be shown that, um, that the patients had, an, had, a, had a lower PFS rate and lymphoma control was worse uh, for the patients who did not undergo consultation radiotherapy, but they were not, could not show any, um, any uh, survival difference. Um, because they were not powered for uh, to show survival differences and would have had to in include many, many patients more. Uh, so that the only thing we can say or conclude from this randomized trial is so far that the PFS is worse if radiotherapy is omitted. But there is, uh, but if, but is there a, uh, a OS of, uh, overall survival difference? Because that's the the major endpoint uh, for most of the patients. And uh, there are data from the US, from a registry. Yes, there is a difference. They um, looked whether um, uh, also addressed the same question, whether uh, how do patients with early stage Hodgkin lymphoma who have chemotherapy alone uh, versus those who have combined modality treatment and there was a, um, was a survival difference uh, with an advantage for the patients who had radiotherapy alone. But, but it has to be kept in mind that this is, these are survival rates after five or 10 years. And um, the, uh, so that longer follow-up is still required to look whether, uh, whether this survival advantage may be diminished by the occurrence of more second malignancies or other late effects caused by a radiotherapy. So that, let me conclude for the management of early stage uh, classical Hodgkin lymphoma. Um, PET-guided omission of radiotherapy in early stage classical Hodgkin lymphoma results in inferior uh, PFS rates. And so that within our group, um, we recommend combined modality treatment uh, with, two cycles of two, uh, with two cycles of ABVD followed by 20 gray involved side radiotherapy, irrespective of the result of the interpet. There are certainly uh, individual decisions in patients who do, not, uh, who do not want to be irradiated, but for the majority of patients, this would be our standard treatment for early stage classical Hodgkin lymphoma. And it, does, it seems that we cannot de-escalate treatment in PET-negative patients without a loss of lymphoma control.
And another question is always if you use pet guided treatment, if the uh, if the um, the intensity of pet positivity can discriminate certain risk groups and um, to look whether um, whether there is uh, there are differences, we all we uh, the uh, the double scores used, and uh, unfortunately this slide not seen it's not look very good but i apologize but uh, as you can see here the uh, the patients with a double score of one or two or were considered pet negative in uh, in all of these studies uh, had an excellent outcome and it was also comparable to those with a double score of three but um, certainly the patients with a double score of four who all underwent radiotherapy had a uh, still had a worse outcome so that um, the PET CT appears to be a good prognostic marker for um, for those patients who have a, a PET positive interim PET with a double score of four. Uh, of, of four. So that the approach that I uh, already mentioned in the ARTC trial, with an escalation of a treatment in those patients with a with a positive interim PET, maybe uh, maybe justified for these patients. Let me now come to the treatment of intermediate stages, as I already uh, mentioned in the introduction. These are the patients with stage one or two disease and one or both of the risk factors uh, involvement of three or more lymph node areas or elevated erythrocyte sedimentation rate or stage one and stage 2A disease with one or two of the uh, risk factors, large mediastinal mass or extranodal disease. For a long time uh, already, uh, the, uh, the standard of care at many institutions consists of four cycles of ABD, AV, <coughs> ABVD followed by radiotherapy. And there are uh, some pros associated with this uh, approach. It is well established. It is uh, optimized for an uh, outpatient setting. The patients do not have to, uh, have, to be, uh, have to have inpatient treatment. It has a manageable acute toxicity and it's also feasible in resource restricted settings. But uh, the PFS for the patients with intermediate stage Hodgkin lymphoma is clearly below, uh, it's clearly lower than uh, among patients with early stage uh, classical Hodgkin lymphoma, so that the PFS could be better than achieved with four cycles of ABVD followed by radiotherapy. And so that the question is how can we improve the standard of care? And this is the uh, this is the already shown a slide from the ERTC H10 trial, and um, they uh, they used an escalation of um, of uh, of uh, treatment in patients with a with a positive with a positive uh, PET after two cycles of ABVD in their experimental treatment arms and. As you can see on, um, on, uh, on this slide, the progression-free survival uh, clearly improved uh, in, the, in the group of patients who did not, uh, who did not continue with ABVD after uh, positive PET2, but uh, switched to two cycles of escalated DRCOP followed by radiotherapy. Um, but survival did not differ, uh, at least not yet, after a median observation time of five years between groups. So that, uh, however, it can certainly be, uh, be said that, um, that the patients 
who switched to Escalette Biacorp with a positive interim PET have a better tumor control than those who continue treatment with uh, ABVD. Uh, our group um, had another approach. We conducted the HD14 trial. The, the initial uh, analysis was already published almost 10 years ago by Bastian von Tresco. And uh, recently, a follow-up analysis of this trial uh, came out. And uh, in the, within the HD14 trial, we compared uh, the standard of care consisting of four cycles of ABVD followed by radiotherapy against a, a new regimen consisting of two cycles of uh, escalated BRCOP followed by four cycle, uh, followed by two cycles of ABVD, the so-called two and two regimen, uh, followed by uh, radiotherapy. And with this uh, novel regimen, the, um, the seven-year PFS rate was clearly better than after four cycles of ABVD with 93.7% versus 80, <clears throat> 85.6%. And um, this study was in the pre-PET era and uh, the follow-up trial uh, in which the uh, two plus two regimen was already the standard of care within our study group, evaluated whether the, uh, the use of consultation radiotherapy can be guided by interim PET. And this was the uh, HD70 trial. Uh, patients with, um, with uh, intermediate stage Hodgkin lymphoma were randomized, uh, were, uh, were, uh, there were two study arms. The, the standard arm consisted of two cycles of uh, escalated BLCOP plus two cycles of ABVD. Then the patients underwent um, PET-CT evaluation and irrespective of the PET results, they had uh, consolidation radiotherapy at 30 gray. The experimental, uh, experimental arm, um, the patients in the experimental arm received the same chemotherapy consisting of two cycles of escalated BRCOP followed by two cycles of ABVD, then had a PET-CT and those with a negative PET, um, or they, had, uh, they were only observed. And the patients with, uh, with a positive PET had standard uh, consolidation radiotherapy. And um, in contrast to the uh, trials uh, in early stage classical or in, or in early stage Hodgkin lymphoma, uh, this uh, uh, this trial met the um, the primary endpoint. The uh, five-year PFS rates did not differ between the um, the um, the treatment arms, with uh, with excellent uh, progression-free survival rates of ninety-seven ninety-seven point three percent for the patients uh, in the standard arm versus 95.1% for the patients in the uh, experiment, experimental arm. And again, um, so that this, uh, this uh, PET-guided uh, approach with, uh, seems to work if the patients receive an intensive first-line chemotherapy followed by uh, consisting of two cycles of escalate BRCOP followed by two cycles of ABVD. Uh, so that this uh, PET-guided treatment um, uh, um, consisting of uh, two cycles of escalated BRCOP followed by two cycles of ABVD and then uh, PET-guided omission or application of radiotherapy has become the novel standard of care within our study group. Again, we also looked whether the, um, whether the DOVIL score had any prognostic impact and yes, it had. 
um, the patients with a, with a double score lower than three or three had uh, almost similar progression-free survival rates, whereas the patients with a double score of four had a, had a lower PFS still at a high level of 81.6%. The overall survival was very, very good um, with five-year overall survival rates close to 100% in both study arms. So that the summary and conclusion of this trial is that PET-guided treatment of intermediate-stage Hodgkin lymphoma using the 2 plus 2 backbone is non-inferior to combined modality treatment with 2 plus 2 and uh, consolidation uh, and standard consolidation radiotherapy. And as most patients um, with uh, included in this trial had a negative uh, PET after chemotherapy, it can be said that the vast majority of patients with intermediate stage or early stage unfavorable Hodgkin lymphoma can be treated with a brief and highly effective two plus two chemotherapy alone. And um, as you've already as you've uh, and uh, also the PET guided two plus two strategy has no relevant Hodgkin lymphoma treatment related mortality and thus achieves five-year overall survival rates that were not differing from the German normal population. And as you've already seen, they were close to 100%. So that, as I already said, this approach has become the new standard of care within the German Hodgkin study group. Let me now come to the, uh, to the last group of patients, those with advanced stages. And um, these are mostly those with stage three and stage four disease, but Within, at least within our group, also some patients with stage two disease. And the key questions in the treatment of advanced stage Hodgkin lymphoma are how to reduce toxicity while maintaining uh, successful tumor control. And um, this is, uh, can we reduce the number of cycles? Can we omit radiotherapy? Uh, should we uh, include types drugs and uh, how should we use them? Um, and there's still the uh, ongoing debate, which will uh, certainly last, also last within the um, within the next years, is whether to use ABBD-based chemotherapy or whether to use escalate biacorp-based chemotherapy. And um, escalate biacorp certainly has a better lymphoma, uh, lymphoma control. Um, and there has also been a meta-analysis that has shown a five-year overall survival advantage over ABVD. But um, it is also true that uh, certainly approximately 70% of patients are sufficiently treated with ABVD and they are over-treated with the more intensive escalated BRCOP protocol. Unfortunately, the established baseline risk factors cannot reliably predict the individual risk and can therefore not guide the treatment strategy. And again, as in the early stage group and in the intermediate stage group, it was the question whether uh, treatment can be guided on the basis of, um, of interim PET. And um, earlier studies published in the, uh, in the, in the first um, um, uh, the first decade of this uh, century, it has already been shown that, um, that PET overcomes the um, internet pro international prognostic score with regard to the, uh, to the prognostication. And um, so, so, some, um, so there were 
there were some randomized studies that um, evaluated a pet guided treatment um, that uh, the uh, such trials were conducted for both patients um, that had uh, ABVD-based chemotherapy uh, upfront and those who had escalated BRCOP treatment upfront. Uh, the largest trial um, for the uh, ABVD-based treatment um, was the RATL trial from the uh, UK, and the largest trial using a BCOP backbone was the uh, HG18 study from our uh, group. And the other question was whether we should incorporate um, novel drugs in the treatment of advanced um, classical Hodgkin lymphoma. And um, with regard to this issue, the, uh, the largest trial using an ABBD backbone was the Eklund Wunsch study, uh, and the largest trial um, uh, um, using an uh, escalated Birkhoff backbone uh, is the HD21 uh, uh, study from our group, which recently um, completed uh, recruitment. This is the design of the uh, of the Ruttle study from the uh, from the United uh, conducted in the United Kingdom. Um, patients all received two cycles of ABVD chemotherapy, and then had a um, PET CT. And the patients with a positive PET were considered high risk, and they uh, they went on with intensified chemotherapy with uh, with BCOP variants, either BCOP fourteen. Uh, a time-dense uh, variant of BCOP baseline or with three cycles of escalated BRCOP. Then they had another um, PET, um, PET evaluation and the patients who were then PET negative had two consolidation cycles of either, uh, either two consolidation cycles with BCOP-14 or one additional cycle of escalated BRCOP and the patients who had, had a positive PET either had uh, consolidation radiotherapy or if they had progressive disease underwent uh, salvage chemotherapy. The patients with a negative PET underwent randomization and they either had uh, four additional cycles of ABVD or to spare uh, the bleomycin and therefore the risk to develop pneumonitis or other uh, Lyme toxicity uh, had four cycles of uh, ABD and then, uh, uh, and then had observation. And this is these are the curves for the uh, for the PET negative uh, patients, um, uh, and it was concluded that uh, the curves are very similar. And the conclusion was that uh, bleomycin can be safely omitted from the ABVD protocol if the patients had a negative PET after two cycles of ABVD. The uh, the patients with um, with a with a positive PET who then switched to an, a more intensive treatment with escalated BRCOP had uh, three-year PFS rates. Um, that were not satisfying, to be honest, and uh, with three-year PFS rates of um, uh, 66% for BCOP14 and 71% for escalated BRCOP, respectively. And um, therefore, it, it seems that if you use uh, if you use ABVD upfront and the patients have a have a uh, have a positive PET, it is. Um, the, uh, the 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 escalation of, of treatment cannot uh, fully compensate the, the 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 poor risk of this uh, patient group. The um, 
The study from our group was the HD18 study. Uh, within this study, the patients all received two cycles of aspect Biacock, and then had a century reviewed uh, PET CT. Um, patients with a, a positive PET either had uh, uh, standard treatment consisting of, uh, in the beginning of the study, six additional cycles of escalate Biacop after a man and four uh, additional cycles of escalate Biacop, so a total of, um, of, 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 um, of six cycles of treatment, and the patients um, uh, in the experimental, experimental arm had uh, treatment intensification with rituximab uh, in the uh, subsequent cycles. The patients with a negative PET had uh, either standard treatment with, um, with uh, four or six additional cycles of escalate Biacop in the standard arm and only two additional cycles of escalate Biacop in the experimenta experimental arm. And these are the, um, the uh, progression-free survival curves for the, um, for the patients with a, uh, with a, with a negative PET tool. And as you can see here, the um, three-year uh, and five-year PFS estimates were very similar for the patients um, with, who had a total of eight or six cycles of escalated BRCOP uh, versus those who only had four cycles of escalated BRCOP. So that within our group, the patients with a, with a negative PET2 are treated with only a total of four cycles of escalated BRCOP. The overall survival for the PET-negative patients was also excellent with, uh, with um, very uh, high uh, rates for the patients who had four cycles of escalate BRCOP with a, uh, with a three-year um, uh, overall survival estimate of 98.7% uh, and a five-year estimate of 97.6%, uh, which was even better than for the patients who had uh, eight or six cycles of escalate BRCOP due to the low, lower rate of toxicities associated with four cycles of escalate BRCOP. So that it can be concluded that, um, uh, that, that the significant, uh, with, the, with the reduction of, um, of chemotherapy to, uh, to only four cycles in the PET negative arm, there can be a significant reduction of severe acute hematological and non-hematological toxicities and um, this causes a relevant reduction of mortality for other reasons than H the national lymphoma um, uh, of lower than 1%. And also uh, Hodgkin lymphoma has nearly been eliminated as cause of death. And uh, as I already said, there was a significantly superior overall survival with four cycles of escalated BRCOP versus six or eight cycles. Then let me now come uh, the last point for the first line treatment of classical Hodgkin lymphoma to the studies incorporating the uh, CD30 directed antibody drug conjugate printaximab vidotin. Uh, this is the Eclon 1 study that uh, used um, uh, patients were randomized upfront uh, six cycles of ABVD versus six cycles of printaximab vidotin plus ABD. And um, these are the uh, progression-free survival uh, with standard ABVD. Um, recently, last week, uh, the uh, five-year update of this study was published and uh, confirmed these, uh, this uh, progression-free survival difference also at five years. And this is the study design of the, uh, of the John Hodgman study group, uh, HD, uh, HD21 study. 
patients received uh, either standard treatment consisting of uh, uh, two cycles of escalated BRCOP followed by uh, PET-CT, and then patients had either two cycles, two additional cycles in the case of PET-2 negativity and four additional cycles in the case of PET-2 positivity. The experiment and this uh, approach is uh, being tested against um, approach uh, using a, um, a, a prentaxin predoting containing BCOP variant named Brecat, which uh, also substituted um, uh, procarbazine against uh, darcarbazine and prednisone against, um, uh, uh, against dexamethasone and does not use uh, biomycin. And um, the, the same approach uh, as in the uh, escalated PRCOP standard RMSUs, the patients have two cycles of this protocol followed by PET2 staging, and the patients with a, uh, with a negative PET have two additional cycles, additional cycles of pre-cut, and the patients with a positive PET2 have four additional cycles of pre-cut. Radiotherapy is restricted to only to patients with a uh, positive PET um, and uh, uh, residual lymphoma larger than, than 2.5 uh, centimeter at the end of chemotherapy. So this, uh, this um, study, um, as I already said, has recently recruited, uh, fully recruited, but the uh, but initial results are, are pending. And so far, um, our standard approach is, uh, is that what we uh, what we could conclude from the HD18 study. Um, so PET2 guided treatment with four or six cycle of escalated BRCOP followed by radiotherapy in case of PET positive residuals larger than 2.5 centimeter. Let me know all, um, the second part. I will give a brief overview of, uh, of, of the uh, uh, rare entity of nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma. Um, this is, um, and there are some difference in terms of treatment. The patients have um, uh, uh, the patients with early stage um, uh, nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma are only treated similarly to classical Hodgkin lymphoma if they um, if they do not have stage one A disease without clinical risk factors. The patients with stage one A disease without clinical risk factors um, are usually treated with radiotherapy alone. And uh, unfortunately, the slide is also a bit um, damaged. Um, and uh, this is, but this is from an analysis comparing uh, three approaches um, using extended field radiotherapy alone, um, in, in involved field radiotherapy alone, and combined modality treatment. And the fourth um, arm, that is, uh, or the fourth treatment group that has a, uh, has a lower PFS is the rituximab alone. Group, but for the first three groups, there were no uh, progression-free survival difference, ranging at eight years between 85% and 90%. So that these patients uh, do not benefit from uh, the additional uh, application of chemotherapy to radiotherapy, but are treated with uh, radiotherapy alone. So that the um, standard approach for this patient group is a 30 gray involved field uh, radiotherapy alone. As I said, with an uh, eight-year-old uh, progression-free survival rate of 90% and an eight-year overall survival rate very close to 100%, as you can see here. And however, these patients, uh, as I said in the in the in the very beginning, 
Um, nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma has a, often has a very indolent cause, so that um, one even makes the attempt to, to spare the toxicity with radiotherapy alone. And um, the pediatric group from the US, they evaluated a resection-only approach in patients with stage 1A nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma, presenting with a single lymph node involved. And they, uh, they, uh, the patients had a PET CT after, after, after a lymph node resection, and if they had a complete metabolic response, they were only followed. And the patients who had uh, uh, a complete metabolic response after lymph node resection had an excellent five-year PFS rate of more than 70% um, with this approach, so that it can certainly be considered in uh, patients with a single lymph node involved um, who have uh, nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma. However, it has to be kept in mind that uh, that data evaluating this approach in adults are, at least to my knowledge, are pending to date. Um, most other patients with the first-line treatment uh, are treated very similarly to classical Hodgkin lymphoma, and these are uh, this um, our group conducted uh, an analysis um, comprising all patients with nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma who, um, uh, who were treated within our randomized HD7 to HD15 uh, uh, studies for early stages, intermediate stages, and advanced stages. The patients with early and intermediate stages had mostly had ABVD-based chemotherapy followed by radiotherapy, and the patients with advanced stages had mostly had, um, had uh, uh, treatment with BCOP variants. And these are the progression-free survival uh, curves for, um, for the early and intermediate stages. The patients have very good uh, outcomes uh, if they are treated similarly to classical Hodgkin lymphoma with 10-year progression-free survival rates of about 75% um, in these two patient groups. And that translated into, uh, into overall survival rates at 10 years um, of more than 90%, with 92% for the patients with early stages and even 95% for those with intermediate stages. The uh, lymphoma control, even with intensive treatment with, uh, with, um, with, uh, with BCOP variants, was somewhat worse with a 10-year progression-free survival rate of almost uh, of uh, of a 67% uh, and but however the uh, overall survival at 10 years was uh, was also close to 90%. And however in within this analysis um, the patients had uh, um, had intensive treatment with escalated diacop and um, in a in a disease which often resembles um, which often resembles uh, indolent lymphoma, the, there's the question whether uh, whether uh, escalated BRCOP or a, a treatment strategy including BCOP variants uh, is really appropriate for for the majority of patients, or whether this is kind of over treatment. So um, that uh, other options are, are warranted. And um, the uh, Canadian group looked how the outcome with the ABVD regimen was for the patients with advanced um, nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma. And as you can see here, 
the lymphoma and they matched the patients with nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma with those with classical Hodgkin lymphoma. And as you can see here, the uh, lymphoma control was clearly worse for the patients who had nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma. They either received with, um, with nodular lymphocyte predominant histology or with transformation into <clears throat> aggressive B-cell lymphoma. Um, so that the lymphoma control with ABVD does not appear to be sufficient in this uh, entity, although there was no survival disadvantage for the patients with nodular lymphocyte predominant toxic lymphoma who went up from treatment with ABVD. A very good alternative appears to be the RCHOP protocol, uh, given the consistent uh, CD20 positivity on the, um, on the uh, malignant lymphocyte predominant cells. And um, although there are limited data available to date, um, this uh, is a really promising approach. Uh, these are data from the uh, from single center analysis from the uh, MD Anderson Cancer Center, including 14 patients with stage three or four NLPHL, and they had a five-year progression-free survival of 85.7% and an overall survival that was clearly exceeding uh, 90%. So that this approach can certainly be considered in patients with advanced uh, nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma. Another difference um, in the treatment of uh, nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin voice is salvage treatment. Given the very indolent cause of this disease in most patients, um, it seems not necessary to treat all these patients with, uh, with the standard of care in classical Hodgkin lymphoma consisting of high-dose chemotherapy and autologous stem cell transplantation um, at the time of disease recurrence. And, other approaches appear possible, and um, this is from an analysis conducted by our group, uh, including um, patients who had first-line treatment within, uh, within one of our studies and then had disease recurrence and received treatment according to the local physician's choice. And uh, we divided these patients into three groups, those who had uh, single-agent anti-CD20 antibody treatment at relapse or radiotherapy alone, those who had conventional chemotherapy, uh, optionally combined with an anti-CD20 antibody and radiotherapy and those who had high-dose chemotherapy and autologous stem cell transplantation. And as you can see here, the, um, the, the outcomes were very similar for all the three groups. And they, uh, all the three groups also had excellent outcomes so that the, um, the, the, the big challenge for the, for the um, relapse setting in nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma appears to be the, 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 the optimal choice the, the opt to choose the optimal treatment for the individual patient. And um, some patients certainly require intensive treatment. And these are those who uh, had advanced disease at, at initial diagnosis, who had a short time interval between, um, between the first time treatment and disease recurrence, and also those who, um, who had signs of histological transformation into aggressive B-cell lymphoma at relapse. Other patients who, um, who only had um, a very limited, um, uh, limited uh, um, disease recurrence and who had a long time interval between the first line treatment and relapse are certainly treated sufficiently with less toxic approaches um, in, um, in, uh, in the case of relapse. 
And um, for the patients with an uh, who are, uh, for uh, for anti CD twenty antibodies, there are also a few prospective studies evaluated um, evaluating the outcome with this approach in relapsed nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma. This is an older study including fifteen patients with relapsed uh, nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma <clears throat> who received four weekly doses of rituximab at uh, um, at the standard dose. And all but one patient um, responded to treatment after a median follow-up of more than five years. The median time to progression was 33 months and uh, the overall survival was excellent with uh, 94% at five years. And very, very similar response rate were obtained with the second generation anti-CD20 antibody of a tumor map. Um, the response rate was 96% and the one in two year progression-free survival rates were 93 and 80% respectively. For the patients um, with more poor risk um, factors um, that uh, are diagnosed with a relapsed nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma, um, high-dose chemotherapy and autolog stem cell transplantation may be uh, appropriate in most cases, and uh, these are data from the, uh, and if this approach is to say have a very good prognosis, um, these are uh, data from the largest analysis uh, using the EBMT database, 60 patients were included, and after a median follow-up of about, um, of about five years, the um, five-year progression-free survival was about 75%, uh, and the overall survival was uh, 85%. As I already mentioned, unlike classical Hodgkin lymphoma, there is a biological continuum uh, between nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma and high-grade uh, non-Hodgkin lymphoma, so that um, some cases, uh, so that there are some cases, 10% at 10 years, um, uh, uh, that uh, develop histological transformation into aggressive B-cell lymphoma. And this is the, uh, the curve showing the cumulative incidence of histological transformation into aggressive B-cell lymphoma using the British Columbia Cancer Agency database, um, showing a, um, a, a transformation rate of about 10% at 10 years and about 20% at, um, at 20 years. These patients are usually treated with uh, either with an, uh, if they had only limited treatment for the first time treatment of non lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma with ARTROP based uh, conventional chemotherapy, or if they already had more intensive first time treatment with high dose chemotherapy and autolog stem cell transplant. And um, using these approaches, they achieve a five year um, progression free survival of uh, more than 50% and a five-year overall survival of about 65%. These are data from, uh, from the UK and um, they show that uh, show very similar rates and they also compared the outcome of patients with um, this logical transformation into aggressive B-cell non-Hodgkin lymphoma from nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma of the outcome of patients with novel diffuse large B-cell lymphoma and the outcome of these two groups was very similar when treated with um, with uh, our job um, based chemotherapy or idos chemotherapy and <coughs> autologous stem cell transplantation. So that I summarize uh, on nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma. Nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma is a rare lymphoma subtype with distinct characteristics. 
Treatment for patients with stage 1A disease usually consists of limited field radiotherapy alone. Resection alone can be considered in patients with a complete remission after lymph node surgery. Rituximab given as a single agent results in a worse disease control than radiotherapy alone. Patients with early stages other than stage 1A and intermediate stages are treated very similarly to classical Hodgkin lymphoma. And this is something that I've not shown, but the question of whether the addition of rituximab in combination with chemotherapy may improve the uh, may additionally improve the uh, lymphoma control is undefined until now. There are certainly different treatment options for advanced nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma, but there's no widely accepted standard of care. And the same is true for patients with relapsed nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma. And the options for these patients range from anti-CD20 antibody uh, treatment given as a single agent to high-dose chemotherapy followed by autolong stem cell transplantation. And the choice of treatment um, in at, at the case of relapse is usually made individually and is based on different factors such as stage at relapse, time to relapse, and also some uh, histological characteristics. Nodular lymphocyte predominant tumor can transform into aggressive B-cell lymphoma and the 10-year transformation rate is approximately uh, 10%. And uh, this fact highlights the necessity to, um, to obtain um, biopsies in case patients with a history of NLPHL um, uh, show signs of lymphoma recurrence. However, the overall outcome of patients with nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin lymphoma is very good. Thank you very much for your attention.